welcome to the She Will Shine podcast, where we bring you the real stories of female business owners. My name is Danielle Price and I'm the founder of She Will Shine, a supportive business network for women. It's time to give a voice to women in business and discover their journey. Hi everyone and welcome to the She Will Shine podcast. Today we have a very special guest. Hi Connie, how are you? Hi Danielle, I'm really well, thank you. Thanks for having me. Oh, thank you for being here. So this is Connie Vyrish. She is a master's qualified art therapist and creative coach at Sensemaking Space. And today Connie is going to talk to us about um, dealing with uncertainty and tackling that uh, with what we've sort of bound ourselves in with COVID-19 at the moment. So um, thank you for being here, Connie, and helping us through this very strange time. Thank you. It's my pleasure. Why does the word uncertain and the uncertainty that we're finding ourselves in make us feel so uncomfortable? Mm. Well, basically, our brain is wired in a way that it looks for safety and certainty. Our brain likes to know what's around the next corner. And if you think back to sort of hunter-gatherer times, that was a real survival skill to, to have as much safety in our lives as we possibly can. So uncertainty obviously removes that knowing what's around the corner. And um, our brain is therefore fearful in those situations. It feels anxiety rising, it's getting nervous, it's expecting danger, and, and therefore it, it reacts in, in different ways to, to tackle that uncertainty. And ideally it wants to get rid of it but that's not really possible so we need to learn to to be with uncertainty and to to regulate ourselves in that space is that why we love routine so much connie you know we know that what's what's coming what's coming next and what happens after that yeah absolutely routine is something that creates structure and order in chaos and uh, and therefore we love it i mean it really also makes the flow of a day a lot easier particularly if you've got lots on or you've got lots to juggle but if you really boil it down, routine means structure, order, predictability, and all that equals a greater sense of perception of, of safety for our brains. Yeah, and having control over all yeah. of that to come. Yeah. 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 What about, um, people talk about resilience and how important that is, especially when you're raising children, you know, raise resilient children. How is that something that um, is, could help us now or something that we need to learn more of? Yeah, well, resilience really is, in a nutshell, the ability to, to bounce back from adversity or from difficult experiences. And uh, something like COVID-19, of course, is a really challenging experience. So the more resilience we have, the uh, easier it'll be for us to navigate these challenging and uncertain times. That's why we try to instill it into our children right from, from when they're growing up. Um, but it's really important to know that resilience is something we can learn. So it's not something you, you have or don't have. It's like a muscle that you can train and you can strengthen it. And um, the, the more resilient you are, the better you've equipped your, your brain to respond well to that fear response it experiences when it, uh, it faces uncertainty or challenge. So Connie, is resilience something that we can get better at? With, with all these things, it's sort of what you, what you practice grows stronger. So resilience um, is something if we practice it and if we um, use different tools and techniques, and we'll probably touch on some of them later on in our chat, 
then you can bring them out during difficult times. And, and what resilience does, it's almost like, um, I like the metaphor of an anchor. It, it really anchors you. And if you imagine I'm like a little boat, I can drop anchor and that keeps me in place. But because that anchor is connected through a rope or a chain, that's quite a flexible connection. So I can roll with the waves. If a storm comes up, that anchor is still going to hold me in place, but I can sort of roll with the stormy uh, sea around me. And if, if you think about that connection, if that were a steel rod, inflexible, then the smallest wave would wash over my boat. And, and it's the same with resilience. If I've got that flexibility to respond to uncertainty, to accept difficulties, to accept that pain and struggling is part of life, then I can sort of roll with the punches in a far more flexible, um, flexible way. So is that the first step, Connie, sort of learning to flex that resilient muscle, as people say? Yeah, it is, it is a really important step. So I think just trying to, to stay flexible and trying to accept that difficulty is part of life and we cannot outrun it, we cannot outthink it, we can't analyze things more and more just to have certainty, but just sort of welcome that as part in our lives. And and need it with curiosity. So if I can face a challenging situation with curiosity, then that means that I'm sort of staying in what I call a, a well-regulated window. So I'm staying in that space where I can remain flexible, where I can be um, compassionate with myself, where I can stay connected with people. So we're talking about the mind and the body. Mm. Are we with this particular technique, would that be mind or body? It would be both because initially I like to talk a little bit about the, the brain or, or the mind in that sense because it's it's really helpful if we understand what how our brain responds and in a very simplistic way you can think about um, having a thinking brain and a survival brain so your thinking brain does exactly that it thinks it plans it analyzes it makes assumptions it tries to forecast and predict the future so when the thinking brain meets uncertainty, it will just make more plans, try to plug more information into it to, to, to fill the uncertain gaps and to create at least a sense of, uh, of safety or certainty. Um, our survival brain is the far more ancient part of our brain and our emotional brain. And its only job is to help us survive. So what it does, is it constantly scans our environment for safety and threat. And um, as soon as a situation seems more threatening or more dangerous than it seems safe, it falls back onto these animal instincts, fight, flight or freeze. And then our thinking brain leaves the building. So it literally goes offline to save energy and our survival brain takes over and pushes us into these instinctive responses. Um, and, and as such, it's really important to try as much as possible to keep these two brains working as a team because they're an exceptional team. When they work hand in hand, we are these powerful species. We can solve all sorts of problems. We can enjoy life. We can have great relationships. It's just when we get so stressed that our survival brain kicks off basically, then, we leave that window and we get 
either overly stressed in terms of fight-flight response or we collapse and retreat in terms of a, a, a paralyzing response, a freeze response. So brain and body are both involved in, in how we tackle uncertainty, but because the survival brain takes over, we need to start with the body to help us feel safe again. You were just saying how the body, you know, reacts in those two different ways. It kind of becomes paralyzed with the fear or it just completely does the opposite and starts acting. And I think over the last, probably the last two weeks in particular, I think I've done that about 10 times up and down going yeah. between the two. Yeah. And that's so great that you say that because we talk about uh, the window of tolerance, which is like a certain corridor. And if you are in that window where you, where your thinking and survival brain are this fantastic team, then you're well regulated. But even in that window, you're not just flatlining, always seem, sort of feeling the same. You're, you're sort of fluctuating. So you are bobbing around a little bit. Um, but every now and then you will leave that window. So you'll just either fly out at the top and go into that fight flight response, or you, you drop through the bottom and you just think you, you just have to pull back from the world. And A, these responses are totally normal. So if you told me that over the last few weeks you had never felt that you'd left your window, I'd probably be a little bit suspicious and, and I'd think that doesn't sound normal because we <laughs> all have left our window. Um, and it's very often so that some of us fly out at the top, but then when, when we're exhausted, then we collapse at the bottom. So we're also going through these cycles. So as you described, we will all have left our window at some point and we will have done it numerous times. And sometimes it feels like we do it 10 times a day. Gosh, yeah. That's so true. Yeah. yeah. So what are some, you know, what can we do to try and stay within that window? Yeah. So we can certainly um, practice techniques to a notice where we are in that window and notice when we've left it and then work first off with our body to bring us back into it. And there is a, a lovely quote, which, which I absolutely adore by a therapist. Her name is Deb Dana. And she says, uh, the world becomes safe one nervous system at a time. And I, I think that's so true because um, we always think we can make the world safer by something we, we do or by pulling more information in, but it's actually our nervous system and our body that we need to befriend and connect with to make the world safer ourselves. And then there is this ripple effect that if we are, feeling sa safe in our ourselves and if we feel regulated then that ripples on to our partners to our friends to our children our parenting becomes safer our communities the work world sort of how we relate to our colleagues how we lead our teams become safer so you've got this this ripple effect so going back to the world becomes safer one nervous system at a time the first thing is to work with our body and our nervous system and I always like to um, first of say that it's a very personal thing, your nervous system, how you respond is, is an individual unique response. So you need to learn how you respond and pick things that support you. There isn't a silver bullet and there isn't a three-step approach that works for everyone. There is just like a pick and mix menu. And from that, you choose the things that that work for you and that feel most supportive for you. But a really good starting point to work with your body is, is grounding. And that's as simple as putting your feet on the ground, for example. 
So I've noticed about myself, I, I have a tendency, I sit a lot of the time with my legs crossed. And as I learned more and more about my nervous system, I figured out that if I get into a difficult conversation or, or a sticky moment, the first thing I do is I uncross my legs and I put both feet on the ground. Um, what helps a lot of people is actually if they have access to garden, for example, or outdoor space, to put their bare feet onto the soil. So we're going back again to ancient times when we were much more connected with the land and, and feel the ground that holds you up and feel that that ground is actually solid and supportive. So that's, that's a very easy thing you can do. Another really easy thing is sort of orient yourself. So you're looking around in the environment. So you're talking to your survival brain and doing things that help your survival brain to feel safe. So you might look around and look for cues of safety. So as an example, at the moment we step out on the street here in Melbourne and we see people with masks and it actually looks really confronting for many of yeah, us. Maybe it's, it's very different. unfamiliar. It's, it's not something we have ever imagined. So try and trick yourself into seeing the mask, not as unfamiliar and confronting, but as, as a sign of safety. Say, oh, I'm wearing a mask, that person's wearing a mask, we're keeping each other safe. Someone comes towards you and makes a wide berth around you. Say, that person's giving me space. That, that gives us safety as well. So look for these little cues of safety to just calm your, your survival brain and therefore your nervous system to ideally not fly out of the window in the first place or at least bring yourself back into it. So really switch that train of thought to yeah. a positive as opposed to, I guess, to the negative of how confronting it is. Yeah, because we are really trained to look for negatives more than positives. And again, that's an, an ancient survival mechanism that keeps us safe. So it's a useful mechanism to have. But we need to be conscious about that uh, that negativity bias and therefore look as much for positives or safety cues as we can because our brain is really good at seeing danger really quickly so look for more positive things and uh, and that will really help eyes is another thing so the eyes are the first point in someone's face where we're looking for cues of safety so now if we can muster a smile underneath the mask that smile is visible in the eyes. We might not consciously see that, but our nervous system and our body, they, they will pick up those signals. So if we walk past someone with smiling eyes, that will help them also to maybe pick up subconsciously these signals of safety. Yeah, that's interesting because normally, oh, I'll say normally, but pre-COVID, I used yeah. to walk around the block and I'd say hello to a stranger as I passed them. But yeah. now I feel like the mask is a barrier to that. Yeah, and it feels very much like that because we, we can't see whether that person is smiling and the, the smile, even though it is visible in the eyes, it's, such, it's much more subtle and we can't easily pick it up. So we're almost feeling a bit like, oh, should I, is that person friendly? But it's just sort of overcoming all these sort of doubts and just smile yourself. And again, that ripple effect is likely going to, um, to be picked up by the other person as well. And that's definitely something that we can all do. I'm seeing so many people out walking at the minute. So that's a good way to practice yeah. that as yeah. well. Yeah. So what other things can we do, Connie, in our everyday? So in our everyday, we talked about grounding. We talked about orienting. There's um, breathing. 
which is another body-based sort of technique. And we all know just from how we use language, we tend to say, oh, take a deep breath. So we've got an inkling that breathing is good for us. But um, I like to spend a bit more time on breathing because sometimes when we're quite stressed and activated, a really deep breath can be more activating and make us sort of feel more stressed out or more anxious. The trick about using breathing in, in your benefit or to support yourself is a long exhale. So when you, when you want to connect with your breath, always try to make that exhale really long and soft and just drag it out that little bit longer than what feels natural. And simply that using that long exhale sends a message to um, your smoke detector in your brain uh, that it's a safe situation. So you can use that exhale. But because I said it's so much about your personal nervous system, if that exhale doesn't feel good, you might try sighing. Because just letting out a long, deep sigh uses this exhale without having to take that deep breath in in the first place. So that's another thing, you're breathing that you can connect with. Should I warn my family? Because if I sigh, they normally think it's for something bad. <laughs> Maybe you have to. Maybe just be really transparent. And it's even something you can experiment with your kids, I think. Just say, oh, let's just sit here and, and sigh. I've often done that when I was running group therapy, that initially you just, as a group, and it feels a bit weird, but if, if you just all do it and you hold it lightly, you just all let out a big sigh and it just actually feels really, it just feels good in your body. And that you release, isn't it? Yeah. So those are my, uh, body-based techniques. Yeah. What about mind-based techniques? So we hear about mindfulness, yes. about meditation, that kind of thing. Does that come into play there? It does. And it comes into play because mindfulness, in essence, is just the, um, the intention to be in the present moment. Now, again, thinking back to our thinking brain, what it does, it's constantly thinking about the future, making plans and making assumptions. Mindfulness stops you from thinking or worrying about the future and it brings you to the present moment dealing with what's right here right now in front of you now to access mindfulness there are lots and lots of different exercises and techniques but what i always say to people is you don't need to sit down quietly for 20 minutes each day you can bring that um, attitude of paying attention to walking to listening to someone, having a real deep conversation where you really listen without distractions and putting your phone far away. You can go for a mindful walk where you really feel your feet on the ground, where you look around at nature, where you tune in with your senses, pick up on birds singing maybe. So mindfulness can be something that you can weave beautifully into your everyday life. So it doesn't take that extra time, I guess, for those who are no very busy at the minute yeah that's so hard we're even busier than than uh, normally a lot of us at least and we've got kids at home and and all of that so it's it's hard to find 10 20 minutes of really quiet space for yourself um but then try to just mindfully do an everyday chore or mindfully do a jigsaw puzzle with your kids so you said sit you know sit and do a puzzle with your children mindfully put the yeah. phone away um, but then that's the thing as well, isn't it? Because we're constantly surrounded by our loved ones and literally our nearest and dearest are in the same four walls as us 24-7. How, how can this help us with those relationships and trying to be um, mindful of the other person going through the same uncertainty that we are and um, trying to help each other through that? Yeah. 
Well, the thing about relationships is that we really depend on that co-regulation that happens in relationships. So there is a connection like between you and myself, there is a connection even though on screen at the moment, and we're gonna pick that up. So if you feel really stressed out, the best thing is just to be transparent and clear and just say to your family or loved ones, right now I'm just feeling really stressed out because rather than them second guessing, they can then try to sort of help you just drop anchor again and to just um, calm your nervous system down. It can be by, by just doing something a bit funny and silly. So humor and laughter is a great stress release. Or you can just say, I actually do need 10 minutes on my own. So I just really do need to retreat and just do something for me because it, it does become too much. But relationships are such a, a beautiful way of co-regulating. And the main thing is when we try and utilize relationships as a as a support element that we not try to give advice or fix each other or provide solutions when when you feel stressed out and you want to lean on your uh, on your husband or something you're not expecting that he solves covid for you all you want is that he listens to you and that he, he sees you and he hears you and that's all we need to do so anyone who then comes up with 15 pieces of practical advice that really don't resonate for you it's going to stress you out further if you can call a friend and just say god i'm feeling really overwhelmed i'm over that and that person can only say i hear you they don't even have to say oh i feel the same because then again it takes away from you being seen and heard just saying i i hear you and i'm sitting with you and listening to that and you will already feel your nervous system connecting to that person and you will feel it coming down. I think that's the thing as well, reaching out to those people when mm. you feel that way, rather than sort of going into the fetal position and just start trying to deal with everything on your own, reaching out to the support networks that you do have around you, just to have those conversations. Yeah. And, and you'll reach out without the expectation for anyone else to making you feel better or to solve it for you, just to be heard and seen, just for someone to say, yeah, I'm, I'm right with you. And, and that's all you need. Um, so, so reaching out and, and even on, I'll briefly say that because we've been in a loneliness epidemic before COVID. So it's, it's okay to reach out to your GP. It's okay to reach out to support helplines and have a chat. It's not something we can all deal with and solve ourselves. We need that co-regulation to survive. So reaching out and just saying to someone, I'm over it, I'm not okay, I'm feeling terrible today. It's getting to me. It's the first step. And I think there's, there'll be more of that. I know personally the last two weeks have been the toughest. And I think as each week progresses, yeah, it's getting, we're getting exhausted, I think. Yeah. Oh, you know, yeah. I'm just exhausted about everything that's going on right now. So it's learning these techniques that will help us to keep yeah. going. Yeah. And the thing is that even at the moment when everything feels really hard, a lot of the time we will still be in our window of tolerance. And that's the time to practice that, to just, just notice how am I breathing right now? Am I grounded or am I, am I not feeling grounded? Um, practicing to notice little moments. So what am I doing mindfully as I'm making the bed? What am I doing mindfully as I'm writing my emails? Sitting at your desk and looking up for a moment and looking out the, the window and, and taking in nature. 
if we practice all these little things whilst we're fairly well regulated, then on the occasions when we catapult out of the window, we can connect with these skills so much more easily and much more quickly. And is there any other um, techniques that we can use that we can share with our listeners today, Connie? Um, one thing around thoughts, maybe, because our brains are so busy producing thoughts at a time. And it's really important to just notice that thoughts are just thoughts and we can't control our thinking. So that's why I'm always getting really a bit icky when someone tells me like good vibes only or think happy thoughts because I can't tell my brain what types of thoughts to think. But if I can notice that thoughts are not facts, they come and go. And that constant chatter that my mind produces is part of, of, of being alive. Then I can start to accept that I can't control them. I focus on what I can control, which is my action and my behaviors and the thoughts. I just have to let them go. And if someone struggles with that, there's a really um, easy trick. And that's just noticing a thought and then take the sentence, I'm having the thought that, and put it in front of that. So as an example, I could have the thought that my friend XYZ hasn't been checking in with me for two or three weeks now, uh, they don't care about me. And then already that's personal and I'm getting upset, or I'm just saying, I'm having the thought that that friend doesn't care about me. And I've put some distance between that thought and how I feel about that because it's just a thought. I don't know that. It's not a fact. They might care hugely about me. They've just been busy. So I'm having a thought that is a great little distance creator between you and your thinking when it becomes unhelpful. Yeah, just sort of stepping back a little bit, isn't it? It is. And Yeah, that's a great idea. I'm going to write that in our show notes, yeah. Connie, so that um, everyone can remember that one. Yeah. And if someone wanted to go further with this, think, you know, someone feels like they need a little bit more help, is there a way that you'd be able to help them? Yeah, definitely. So at the moment, I do one-on-one -on -one sessions on Zoom. So I, I just work online at the moment, given restrictions. And um, people can contact me through my website. So if someone wants to understand a bit more around their typical nervous system responses and, and what it feels like to fly out of that window, learn more in-depth about skills to bring themselves back into the window, um, to practice these skills, to develop like a, a personal support kit and, and something they can really lean on. People might also be curious about recurring pattern in their relationships or in their work or, or how they respond to stress and, and get sort of more and more wired. So that's all stuff we can explore in terms of uh, building greater self-awareness and building resilience and resilient practices. Yeah, definitely. Beautiful. Thank you so much for your time today, Connie. It's been fantastic talking to you and I feel actually feel a little bit better because I'm noticing now my window of tolerance and mm -hmm. I like the idea that I can, I, it's okay to rise above or below it, but at least to um, fall into that medium is my happy place. So at least I know that I can sway yeah. but that i have that grounding now to yeah kind of move through that yeah it's it's so normal to sway and it's even you sometimes you'll wake up in the morning and you have a sense that your window is quite narrow today and then you just need to be a little bit more gentle with yourself and need to give yourself a bit more time to do stuff and a bit more space and other times you you're on top of the world and you think god my window is like that i'm really solid and then you can challenge yourself more but 
a lot is around building awareness really yeah and it really noticing how you're feeling and dealing with that and having the techniques to do with that as well yeah absolutely thank you so much connie thank you danielle it's a pleasure to chat to you likewise thanks everyone for joining us i know that i've gotten a lot out of that conversation with connie and we will definitely be adding some of the notes into the show notes so that you can also practice some of those techniques thanks so much see you next time thanks for joining us if you enjoyed this episode of the she will shine podcast we invite you to check out shewillshine.com.au she will shine is the essential support network you need to grow a thriving meaningful business we can help you grow your network connect and develop genuine relationships be supported and support others in building and growing a successful business on your terms. Say goodbye to working alone and become a member at shewillshine.com.au.